you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, 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 I'm losing my freaking mind, thanks to the Boston Celtics, how are we doing, welcome to the Banner Banter Podcast, episode 72. I am angry, I am very, very angry, I don't like it, I kind of sound like McMurray from Letterkenny, but I am very angry. Welcome to episode 72 of the Banner Banter Podcast, I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G, thank you so much for listening, hope you had a great weekend, hope you had a great week. Etc. Etc. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Got it? Did we go through all the regular stuff? Cool. Awesome. Super duper. Um, the Celtics somehow are now 42 and 21 after going one and three this week and now losing um, four straight home games at TD Garden. So what is TD Garden not home court advantage anymore? Are the psychopaths up in section 315 not good enough to to to, to rally the groups, the the troops? I can't even speak. This is ridiculous. Five and five in their last ten games. They've lost four straight games at TD Garden. They are currently 42 and 21. Third place in the Eastern Conference. Now three games. Three games behind the Toronto Raptors. Three. Not one. Not two. Three. Three games. It was a half a game last week. It was a half a game last week. And now they're only a game and a half ahead of the Heat for the third seed. And it was like four last week. What is going on? If the playoffs started today, the... Boston Celtics will be playing the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round of the playoffs. Do, do you feel comfortable with that? Because <laughs> I sure as shit don't. I don't want to play the team that has beaten us three times this year. No, no. Sure. Will we have home court advantage? Sure. Do they suck on the road? Sure, 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 sure. Arr, this is not good. So, you know, let, let, let's just talk about last week or this past week, shall we? The Celtics go one and three. One and three. That's it. They won one game, and it was against Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh, cool. Awesome. They lose to the Nets, 129-120. to 120. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, 112-116. to 116. They lose to the Utah Jazz, in, what was it, 99-94. And then they lose to the Thunder last night, 105-104. Let's start with the next game, shall we? I'm, like, suffocating my microphone right now. How do you blow a 17-point lead heading into the fourth quarter and then allow 51 points? How do you do that? How do you do that? I don't get it. How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you allow 51 points in one quarter and then let Levert score 51? before I go to the greatest bar before every single game. I'm, I love all the people there. They're fine individuals that serve fine adult beverages. And I told one of the bartenders, if Levert goes off, the Celtics are going to lose. And what do you know? Levert went off. He outscored the Celtics in fourth quarter and overtime by himself. By himself. He 
One individual outscored an entire group of people in 17 minutes of basketball. How the fuck does that happen? That's unbelievable. 51 points by one person and 51 points in one quarter. How do you do that? Levert, 37. Celtics, 36. Absolutely unbelievable. Yes, Gordon Hayward got hurt, so you can't blame him. Sure, he didn't have a great game heading that way, but guess what? He got hurt in the third quarter, so it has nothing to do with the fourth quarter overtime. Kemba was on a minute restriction. Okay, fine. He'll, he'll get a pass. Tatum didn't play, so we can't blame him either. So sure, it wasn't a full thing. Hey, Tim, why are you freaking out? Gordon got hurt. You know, Jalen wasn't there. Wasn't 100%. It was Kemba's first game back. Doesn't matter. It's the Nets. They suck. They're a bag of sucks. Absolutely unbelievable. And sure, let's blame the coach. We all know that I would take a bullet for Brad Stevens. I would. I'd be like, hey, you want to shoot Brad Stevens? You got to get through me first. I'd do it. I love Brad. I think he has been handed a shit card ever since he's been here. Like 88 different players every single season, except for like the last two or three years when they finally started becoming good. And sure, maybe he can't handle the superstars here and there. Fine. Whatever you want to trash. But some of his decision-making in this game was brutal. You um, was brutal. The bench sucks. There was literally no effort whatsoever. Just uh, more missed timeouts to stop the bleeding that Brad could have, you know, when I think there was like a 12-0 run. He, he could have stopped it. He could have. But did he? Nope. Nope. Why? Why? Why let the bleeding? Oh, it's a learning experience. After the learning experience. We are in a playoff hunt for the two seed. We need the two seed. What don't you get about that? The Celtics need the two seed. It, right now, you, if if... The Celtics, what's crazy about this and why I'm going so cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is the Celtics need the two seed. If the Celtics got the two seed right now, they'd be playing the Nets. And now it's just like, oh my God, do we even want to play the Nets if we're allowing them 51 points on our home court between the fourth quarter and overtime? Like what? Or do you want to play the Philadelphia 76ers? Well, I don't know. Sounds like a lose-lose to me if you ask me. This loss now means the Raptors now have another advantage if there was a tiebreaker at the end of the year, which now makes this March 20th game even more important than I was talking about last week. Now the Toronto Raptors have a better in-division record than the Celtics do. So the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. So if the Celtics win that tiebreaker on Friday, March 20th at 7.30 in Toronto, then we're, we're good. But if the Raptors win that game and it's 2-2 to in the season series, the next is division record and the Raptors win so then the Raptors would get the two seed because we allow 51 points to the Nets also Marcus Smart after the game got fined for $35,000 for literally an immature toddler like you know like I understand we all love the passion the heart and the grit of Marcus Smart we all love it we really and truly do but for him to act like that towards a referee after the game when I promise you the referees were not the reason why the Celtics lost that game. Sure, the last play of the game with Levert sticking those three free throws, was that really a foul? Sure, we can go back and forth all game long, sweetie pie. But at the end of the day, it's your own fault that you even got yourself into that position. I promise you it wasn't the referees. And speaking about Marcus Smart, Mr. I'm the greatest player since sliced bread, let's do the stud and dud of the week, shall we? And now, it is time for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud of the week.
Okay. Episode 72, Banner Bridge Podcast, Stud and Dud of the Week. The stud is no one. No one was the stud this week. Kemba wasn't that great. Tatum's kind of slumped a little bit. Marcus Smart took too many shots. We'll talk about that in a second. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Gordon Hayward was hurt, even though he played very well against the Thunder when he came back. Jalen's been hurt. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, definitely not. Grant Williams, nope. Romeo, hell no. Cantor, haha. Like, no one. I don't even know. Like, we can't even do a Cantor banter this week, I don't think. I'm going to have to find a way to talk about Ennis Cantor. I have no way how to do it. Like, do I do it right now during sudden dead of the week? No, I'm not going to. He doesn't deserve it. <sighs> this stinks. You know what? Screw it. Let's just do canter banter right now, and then we can get into the dud of the week. <sighs> this is frustrating. Get the news. He's a man who loves to get a double-double, but when it comes to the Turkish government, he's in a lot of trouble. It's time for canter banter, baby. Wow! Okay, stud and dud of the week and canter banter all in itself. The stud is no one. The canter banter, you were just informed about it. And the dud is Marcus Smart. There, folks, we love Marcus Smart. We love number 36. He's great. He's the heart and soul of the Celtics. He's everything we want a Boston Celtics player to be. He goes balls to the wall 24-7, 365, and 366 on a leap year. We get it. We love it. Have to have it. Need to have it. He's you could argue he should be in the conversation for a defensive player of the year. Now, do I think he should get it? No. Why? Because, I don't know, Levert scored 51 points. I mean, <clears throat> we can start right there. Yeah, sure. We can start right there if you want. I mean, you can talk about Donovan Mitchell going off. You can talk about Sexton going off this week. We can keep going. Chris Paul. Yeah. we Like, it's a thing. So, should he be in the conversation? Sure. Deserve it? TBD. TBD. But your defensive player of the year, the guy who's your hustle guy, your heart and soul of your team, over the last four games is now taking 17 shots a game. He's shooting 37% from the field and 29% from three. Stop taking so many shots. He took a floater in the Jazz game. Oh, my God. I almost had a stroke. I'm pretty sure if I talk about it, I might have a stroke. So if I start going, like, that's because my my face is, like, being paralyzed because of how my brain can't believe that i'm about to say that he took a floater a like halfway above the free throw line like halfway between the free throw line and the three-point line he took a floater like steph curry doesn't even do that what like what is he thinking i i swear to god once he sees a shot go in his confidence skyrock skyrockets and you know you could say that for a lot of shooters the the jj reddicks the ray allens the eddie houses of the world you see one go in that's all that you need but Marcus Smart in the Jazz game, like, hit a shot. It was a sick move. You know, he dropped Mike Conley, swished a three, and then he missed his next seven shots. And three of those four shots were like, no, don't do it. Oh, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah, great. So to to compare what Marcus Smart has done over the last four games, 17 shots a game, 37% from the field, 29% from three, Jason Tatum is taking four, only four more shots than him. Tatum's taking 21 over the, over the last week. And Tatum's shooting 42% from the field and 46 from three-point range. 
Now, for those at home, that's 5% better and 15% better. That is ridiculous. Kemba, sure, he's been on a minute restriction, but Kemba has 15 shots a game, and he's shooting 32% and 25%. So sure, he gets a lot of the blame too, but Marcus Smart should not be your leading shot getter when you have Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker on the floor. It should not be a thing. He should be the fourth scoring option. Being the fourth scoring option is a very good place for Marcus Smart to be. I think we can all agree on that, right? Like, I've, It's a great place for him to be. It really and truly is. Let's talk about the Cavs game, because I because if I think about that Nets game, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a short to mild panic attack. So they won a game. Woo freaking who? They beat the Cavs. Oh my god! Like Jason Tatum did what he was supposed to do. He dropped 32 points, nine boards, six assists. It, it, lovely, great stuff. You know, Tatum did a really good job passing out of double teams. I don't know why I'm so fired up about Jason Tatum passing over double teams. So I'm gonna try and take it down a notch. Okay, Jason Tatum did a really good job passing out of double teams. I think his six, his six assists in this game was very important because he wasn't forcing anything. He's starting to see the floor better, and that's going to be key because a lot of teams in the playoffs, whether it's against, you know, as a two seed, the three seed, and at this point, the 88th seed, the way that they're playing, I love overreacting. But, like, <clears throat> Tatum seeing the floor, getting his teammates involved, not forcing the subject when he gets double teamed is going to be vital for the Celtics in the playoffs. I really and truly believe that because right now, if you look at Kemba Walker's number of the last four games, 32% from the field, 25% from three, if you're if you're a coach, where are you going to put the defense? You're going to put him on Jason Tatum. You're going to make sure that he feels uncomfortable as possible and go, go ahead, Kemba, try and beat us. Try and beat us. You haven't been in this position before. You've been in Charlotte your entire career. You don't know what this is like. But yeah, so Jason Tatum, hell of a game, nine boards, six assists. You love to see it. But then Marcus Smart, you know, five of 15. <laughs> he wasn't even the positive for the Celtics. Now, I will say this. He did get a majority of his points later on in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. He did a very good job getting the Celtics to extend their lead a little bit. The The Cavs punched and Marcus Smart kind of punched right back. I'm cool with that. So, you know, small little golf clap. You know, we'll we'll give you that, Marcus. That's probably the best thing you've done all week. Um, but really, the guy we got to talk about from this Cavs game is Shemi Ojale. Holy guacamole. Or holy guacamole. But, like, absolutely insane. He shut the lights out. Thank God for Shemi, because the Celtics might not have won this game. I mean, career high in points. He had 22 points, 5 of 8 from 3. There was no Kemba. There was no Jalen. There was no Gordon. But there was Shemi Ojale. There he is, just waiting. But the bigger concern about this game, and which is now, I really didn't notice it until now, and it is now becoming a trend, and I feel like we all need to be really worried about it, is we we haven't talked about the Celtics having a rim protector as of late because they've done such a great job defensively. Like, Tice has held his own. You know, do you look as Daniel Tice as a rim protector? No, but he's held his own. He's been respectful, respectful enough, or respectable enough. Yes, that's what I meant to say. But the Celtics allowed 44 points in the paint to the Cavs. They allowed 46 to the Rockets and then 50 to the Nets. So this trend is slowly becoming concerning. Hopefully this will change with the Time Lord. He looked absolutely clueless in the Nets game. Like, no idea what he was doing out there. But then in the Cavs game, he got better. Jazz game, it just didn't work. In the Thunder game, you know, he did some things that were nice. But, like, it's going to take some time for him to really kind of get back into the feel of things. And I'm willing to be patient with him because I'm a Time Lord guy. But it better happen before April 1st when the playoffs really start ramming up. Because... You know, breaking news, guys. We still have to play the Miami Heat twice. And we're only a game and a half ahead of them. So these next three weeks, I'm telling you, folks, 
are super important. And we'll talk about it, especially this week, but not only this week. The following two or three weeks, the Celtics should get win after win after win after win after win. When you look at it, you got the Knicks, the Raptors. Okay, fine. You have to beat the Nets. You should go into Brooklyn on Saturday, March 21st. Furious. Absolutely furious. You should win that game. Then you play the Wizards. You should beat them. The Grizzlies. You should beat them. Trailblazers. Depending on how Damian Lillard plays, you should beat them. Car- uh, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. As long as Carl Anthony Towns isn't playing, you should beat them. And then you have the Heat, the Magic, the Bucks, the Pacers, the Magic, the Heat. And then the last two games of the season are against the Pistons and the Bulls, and those should be wins. And those two games will be important. So you literally have two weeks of teams that are not in the playoffs, maybe battling for a playoff spot, but you're better than all of them. So these, I'm telling you, these next three weeks are going to make or break my sanity with this Boston Celtics team. But uh, let's, you know, let's get depressed again and talk about the Utah Jazz game, another tough loss. And this time, there was no Jalen Brown and no Gordon Hayward, so, you know, you could put a little asterisk to it, but... Oh, if you can start off as hot as the Celtics did, it was like a three-point shootout to start this game. It was absolutely unbelievable, you know? And then to give up an 11-0 run in less than like 90 seconds to end the first quarter when you're up 12 and now you're only up one is not a good look. And then Brad, you know, we talked about how Brad was, you know, made not the best ideas this week. And this is a perfect example. This dude thought it was good to play Marcus Smart, Javante Green, Brad Wanamaker, Shemi Ojale, and the Time Lord against the Utah Jazz. Huh? What? I'm sorry, what? It, huh? Like, did Brad get, like, the coronavirus for the, for when he made that decision? Jason Tatum rested nine minutes in the second quarter. Nine minutes. Now, I understand Jason Tatum has been playing a shitload of minutes. Like, an absolute dumpster truck load of minutes. I get that. And he also played a lot you know, for Team USA Basketball before he got hurt. And so he's been playing a lot of basketball late, and you do have to rest someone like Tatum. You need him to have legs. So I get that. But there are just so many other games you can rest them against, like the Wizards next week or the Bulls or the Wizards again. Like there's or the last two games of the season where you're not going to need Jason. Like he, the kid's, what, he just turned 22? He's going to be fine. His birthday was last week, so happy belated, JT. But like he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. The Jazz went 13 of 21 from deep in the first half, which is not fine at all. That's terrible. The Celtics went 10 of 36 for the entire game. They only made 10 three-pointers the entire game. The Jazz did that. They made three more of them in one half than the Celtics did in an entire game. Lord help me. I need Jesus at this point. I'm going to need Jesus. And then the bench. Oh, my God, the bench. Oh, the bench. Oh, my God, the bench. Romeo Link. (laughs) Every single bench player was in the minus. Brad Wanamaker was a minus 25, and we'll get to that in one second, okay? But because I like to poke at Ro- you know, poke fun at Romeo Langford when I can, this dude played five minutes and was a minus 16. He was out on the court for 300 seconds, and the Jazz scored 16 more points than the Celtics did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cute. Cool. Neat. Lovely. You know what that deserves? A whole bunch of these. Now, part of that is funny, but the other part is like me going like, haha, I'm losing my mind. Like, you know, a Joker laugh, you know? Like, haha, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> but Brad Wanamaker. 
I've been a Brad Wanamaker guy this year. I've always liked Brad Wanamaker. I think he is a reasonable, I'm not saying he's good, he's a reasonable backup point guard in the NBA. I could probably list, tw- you know, 15 other guys ahead of him, but he's not that bad. He's had a lot of good games and a lot of big moments for the Celtics, and he's the best free throw shooter in the NBA. I know that doesn't matter, but he, Brad Wanamaker did not have a very good game against the Utah Jazz, and I understand he front-rimmed a wide-open three-pointer with the game on the line, and I understand he also airballed a three-pointer. But I swear to God, if one more person tells me or tells their social media followers that Danny Ainge has to sign Isaiah Thomas, I am going to find a way to make sure that every single social media platform gets coronavirus and those platforms have to be quarantined for two weeks. Isaiah Thomas is not the same player, okay? He's not. This has nothing to do with breakfast, by the way, okay? I'm over it. This has to do with the fact that Isaiah Thomas is not the same player. Did Danny Ainge do Isaiah Thomas dirty? Sure. Okay, fine. Touche. The kid did everything for us. His sister died. He played. lost a tooth. You name it. The kid went through hell and back for the Celtics. I get that. But a good story, a good story, is not going to bring you fucking Banner 18. That... Just because Isaiah Thomas re-signs with the Celtics and everyone's like, oh my God, IT's back. Oh my God, IT's back. Oh my God, IT's back. That doesn't mean you're going to beat the Bucks or the Raptors or the Lakers or the Clippers. Isaiah Thomas is a defensive like liability. 1,000% is. You Let's say you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and Isaiah Thomas comes back. Do you think he can guard George Hill? George Hill would roast him. Absolutely roast him. And for everyone that wants to say that Brad Wanamaker sucks and Isaiah Thomas doesn't, Guess what? Guess who has a better offensive rating of 112 versus 108? The answer? Brad Wanamaker. Guess who has a better defensive rating at 108 versus 121? 121 for a defensive rating. That goes to Isaiah Thomas. Brad Wanamaker's at 108. So who's better in both of those categories, which I promise you the Celtics are looking at because they love analytics. They look at Brad Wanamaker and go, he's bigger, he's more physical, and he is what he is. Isaiah Thomas is what he is now. He is a Guy who got hurt, who got put in a bad situation, has not been able to recover. It sucks to see. With all the success he brought to the Celtics, it sucks to see. But he is not going to bring you Banner 18. Sure, could he give you 10 points a game off the bench? Sure. Do the, does the bench need that? Sure. But it's. I'm telling you this right now. If Isaiah Thomas, is a, if it's IT, Marcus Smart, Hayward, Tice, and let's say Grant Williams on the floor, every single team is going to attack him. Everyone, like, Brad Wanamaker can handle his own because he can take a bump. He, he could guard smaller wings, you know? I could see Brad Wanamaker guarding a Jalen Brown. Am I going to say he's going to lock him down? No. But you're telling me right now, when Isaiah Thomas, because he can't run through a screen for the life of him, can't defend a some you know someone like Jalen Brown on another team, like, for example, uh, let's do uh, Tobias Harris, or let's do... Uh, uh, a Pascal Siakam. When they switch, that that's nightmare. That's a layup for every single team. But Brad Wanamaker, he could fight and maybe be a little bit more physical and make it more difficult for a Siakam or Harris or Chris Middleton or, I, I don't know, a DiVincenzo or a Jimmy Butler, wh- whoever the case may be. I'm not saying Brad Wanamaker can stop them. All I'm saying is, like, if I'm Jimmy Butler and I see Isaiah Thomas on me, I'm laughing. I'm absolutely laughing. It was a great story. It's not going to bring you back Banner 18. Can we move on from it? (sighs) 
Thanks. Anyways, back to the Jazz game real quick. Marcus Smart took 23 shots in this game, and 15 of them were three-pointers. Jason Tatum took 19 shots, and only five were three-pointers. How does this happen? How does this happen? Seriously. How does Marcus Smart take 10 more three-pointers than Jason Tatum? In what world? In what world are we living in? Unbelievable. Now, did Marcus Smart score 23 points? Yes. Sure. You know, he, he got his points, but he also had to jack up some shots to get it done. He took 23 shots and only scored 23 points. Pretty crazy. And, you know, what he said after the game, you know, Brad was like, hey, I really liked our effort. And then Marcus came in and was like, our effort was shit. Good for Marcus. It was. This team has dealt with so many injuries. They should be able to put out a better effort than what they did against the Jazz. For real. And finally, the Thunder game last night. I don't understand how this team can get healthier and play worse. So, for example, you look at the Jazz game. No Jalen Brown, no Marcus, uh, I'm sorry, no Jalen Brown, no Gordon Hayward. Kemba's still on his minute restriction. Now, Kemba's off his minute restriction to a degree. Gordon Hayward's back. Gordon Hayward comes back and has the same shooting line as Chris Paul, who everyone is saying is the player of the game. CP3 went 9 of 19, Gordon Hayward went 9 of 19, Gordon Hayward was a plus 13, Gordon Hayward had 24 points, Gordon Hayward had 5 boards, Gordon Hayward had 4 assists. How do you get that stat line from Gordon Hayward and lose? How? How do you do it? I'm telling you, man. This team is something else. This team could miss all of their starters and win a game against the Bucs. I know it's never happened. I'm just being like completely over the top and then be completely healthy and play the nets and lose by a hundred i don't get it i really and truly don't get it <laughs> oh my legs are shaking because i'm starting to get angry but Kem- kemba walker was nowhere to be found in this game and except for the last play of the game and if someone could please explain to me what the fuck kemba walker was doing in that on that last play of the game uh, like I understand that one of the best things to do in that scenario is to catch the ball and sprint across the other end of the court, you know, for them to follow you in the backcourt. I get that. But you don't do it by dribbling backwards away from a double team. Dribble through it. The NBA, nine times out of ten, if you try and go through a double team with two feisty point guards like Germany Rondo, a.k.a. Dennis Schroeder, and Chris Paul, they're going to hack you, and they're going to put you to the line. You don't dribble backwards and then lose the ball. You don't do that. And that's exactly what Kemba did. Unbelievable. And, I, and you know, we can all talk about, you know, are we worried about Kemba? Like, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. But, like, Kemba since February 1st, is only shooting 25% five feet from the rim. That's alarming. That is almost terrifying. Like, holy crap. That's not good at all. Now, did it help that Jason Tatum went 8 of 22 from the field? Nope, it didn't. Did it help that Abdel Nader, former Boston Celtics, had six points and four blocks? Nope, that's embarrassing. Did it help that the Celtics had execution late in the fourth quarter? Sucked. Nope, nope, it didn't, because there were plenty of opportunities for them to put this game away, and they didn't do it. They took terrible shots. Terrible shots. Four shots. And props to the Thunder. They played hell of a defense. Like, Chris Paul wanted to guard Jason Tatum. And he proved that he could in the post. <laughs> and Chris Paul said it after the game. You know, he now that he's getting older, he knows how to play in the post a little bit better. And it worked out for them. 
Now, did it help that he didn't go to the one guy who was playing well? Like, they literally went away from Gordon Hayward late in the game. Why? He was arguably your best player on the court. It was just a terrible loss. It really was. Just suck, 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 suck this week. And it just sucked. Sucked. <sighs> Anyways, if you think this week is going to be better for him, <laughs> well, do I have a surprise for you? Uh, the Pacers, the Bucks, the Wizards, and the Bulls, three of them are on the road. Will Jalen Brown be back? <laughs> he better be. He better be. Uh, the first game, uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, uh, against the Indiana Pacers in Indiana, the Pacers have won eight out of their last ten, and they're playing lights out as of late. Now, have they beaten the best teams? No. They've beaten the Kings and the, the Spurs of the world, you know, the Bulls, the Wizards. Nothing impressive, but they have recently beat the Milwaukee Bucks, and they also beat the Dallas Mavericks, uh, was it last night or Saturday night? Either it was, yeah, it was either Sunday or Saturday. One over the weekend, basically, they beat the Dallas Mavericks, who are a very good basketball team. Luca was playing. KP six has been playing at a very good level as well. Now, the positive for the Celtics, and this sucks for the Pacers. This is a big loss. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is going to be out with a couple weeks with an arm injury, and then Jeremy Lamb, he's done for the year with a torn ACL and a torn meniscus. So speedy recovery for uh, Jeremy Lamb because that sucks. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, this will also be the first time that the Celtics see Victor Oladipo since he's returned. He returned the last week of January, and the Celtics haven't played them since. I think the last time that the Celtics played the Pacers was in January or December. Yeah, it was in December in Indiana, the first time of the back-to-back before they played the 76ers. Uh, So this will be the first time that they do that. But per usual, you have to control Sabonis and Turner off the boards. I'm looking at you, Time Lord. Time Lord, Cantor, and Tice have to have big games in this. If Cantor wants to kind of come back to who he was, not this past week, but the week before, um, you know, against the Trailblazers and the Jazz and the Rockets, I'd love for that to happen because that would be huge, absolutely huge. So, you know, it'll be interesting how Oladipo plays. You know, can they control Holiday? Because Holiday went off against them off the bench last time. The bench will have to step up. Obviously, if the Celtics are healthy, having Marcus Smart come off the bench will obviously like help the bench scoring, if you will. It may look better, but hopefully we can have a full Celtics team on Tuesday. Hopefully Jalen's recovered. I think Jalen will be back just because Jalen had the same exact injury last year during the playoffs, and he only missed one game. So the fact that he's going to miss like almost an entire week plus um, over the same injury would be shocking. And these next three weeks for the Celtics, as I mentioned, are super, super important. And then Thursday night, 7 o'clock, I'm sorry, 8 o'clock in Milwaukee, against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Or is he playing? It's too, it's TBD. He has a little bit of a knee injury. like a I forget what the sprain is, but he suffered the injury uh, in the Lakers game over the weekend. Rumor has it he will miss the next two to three games, which would include the Boston Celtics game. And if that is the case, uh, the Celtics would be playing the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee which now means Chris Middleton is the number one guy, which means less shots for Chris Middleton, and you should pay all of your attention to Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton, every single time he plays the Celtics, just absolutely effing destroys them. Now, the last time do these two teams played, the Celtics were down 48 million points, and they were able to come back, and I, they lost by a handful of points, but it was a good, you know, not, I don't, I hate the moral victories, like they really tried hard, and, they, they, you know, it was impressive. So hopefully they can do that again but actually come out with a victory because it is the first night of a back-to-back because the following night they have to play the Washington Wizards at TD Garden. But back to the Bucks game just real quick. 
Middleton is now going to be the number one guy with Giannis out. So he should get a lot more attention because he doesn't get all the attention that he deserves with Giannis on the floor. And that's why he always lights up the Celtics. Confirmed. Uh, DiVincenzo, who comes off the bench with them, has been playing very well as of late. They now have Marvin Williams. We have not seen them with Marvin Williams yet. you got to control the boards against this team. This team loves to rebound well. They love to push the, the tempo. That you got to keep up with their three-point shooting. I'm not saying you have to beat them. And if they take 45 threes, that doesn't mean you need to take 45 threes. But, you know, if they shoot 38% from the field, maybe, or from three, maybe you shoot 40% from three. And that can help you win the game. And here's the other thing that I want to talk about real quick. Are the Bucks a confident team without Giannis? Like, what is Middleton and Eric Bledsoe and the Lopez brothers and Wesley Matthews and George Hill? Like, what are their mindsets playing without Giannis for an entire game. Sure, the bench knows that, hey, I'm only going to be playing with Middleton here, maybe Giannis here. It'll be interesting to see who they plug in to take over a spot and how they're going to respond to that. So will that be in their heads? Will there be fans in the seats? Because uh, on Wednesday, if you're listening on Monday, so in two days, or if you're listening tomorrow, because I apologize for the podcast not coming out earlier, had some technical difficulties, which kind of sucked, but we move on. Um, I hate saying, um, so I'm sorry for saying, um, right there, but will there be fans in the seats with the coronavirus? Uh, a bunch of NBA officials are meeting on Wednesday night with the owners and the governors to figure out what the next steps are. You know, I'm planning on going to TD garden on Friday. I've gone to two or three, so, uh, two or three Celtics games since the coronavirus has lit a fire under everyone's ass and I'm still healthy. I mean, knock on wood. But, damn it, that wasn't wood. Ugh, crap. Anyways, so, you know, if it's just Celtics Bucks, no home court advantage, hmm, that'd be interesting. See how that game goes. All right, and then uh, before we end with the podcast, uh, Wizards Bulls, Friday, 7.30 at TD Garden, and then Sunday, 8 o'clock in Chicago. I mean, don't let Bradley Beal go off. In the Wizards game. The Wizards are playing for something. The Wizards want to make the playoffs. I don't know. Did they get eliminated? I'd have to look back to see if they got eliminated or not. I'm not going to do it right now. But they, they're they either like on the cusp of getting eliminated or like they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Like, hold on a second. Now I kind of want to know. Tell me, baby girl, because I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Give me a second. Yeah, so right now they're four and a half games out of the no i'm sorry they're five and a half games out of the eighth seed which is the orlando magic uh yeah they've won three out of their last seven games so they are still fighting technically for a playoff spot it would be a hell of a comeback story if they did it i mean the celtics are 19 games ahead of the wizards in the standings and the crazy part about the jazz game the other day too was if the wizards lost and the celtics won the celtics would have clinched a playoff spot (laughs) so all the celtics have to do is just win You know, the Celtics should have a playoff spot clinched by Thursday. If not, at the end of the game on Friday at TD Garden. Uh, So, yeah. So, don't let Zach Levine go off in the Bulls game. Don't let Bradley Beal go off in the Wizards game. Stop with the iso ball. Give us more ball movement. Get back to Celtics basketball. This is a perfect opportunity to work out the kinks. It really and truly is. Go back to what you know. Good ball movement. Be yourselves. Play good defense. Box out well. You know, the, I, the other thing that was so infuriating about that Thunder game was the fact that the Celtics had like one turnover going into the first half 
at the end of the first half. It might have been like five, but like the first 20 minutes of that basketball game, the Celtics only had one turnover, and that's when they were really kind of like dominating the game, and they got lazy with the ball. And I swear to God, if the Celtics stop getting lazy with the ball, get back to good ball movement, stop the iso ball shit, we can actually get back to enjoying watching this basketball team play, for real. And, you know, Jalen should be back this week, so that's good. And I really think this week means everything. These next seven games mean so much because next week, you know, this week you got the Pacers, the Bucks, the Wizards, the Bulls, and next week you have the Knicks, the Raptors, and the Nets. I would like the Celtics to go 6-1 and one over these next seven games. 5-2 and two would be fine, but if you go 4-3, and three, I'm going to be real concerned, real concerned. And I understand teams have slumps. I get that, but this is bad. This is uncomfortable. I'm not, like throwing up like panic alert, throwing the white flag type stuff. This is just a little alarming that a team can get healthy and get worse. It's really concerning to me. But here's to a great week of Boston Celtics basketball. Thank you so much for being basically my therapist. You know, I have a bunch of therapists listening to me rant about the Celtics every week. Thank you for being a part of that. We'll talk to you guys soon for next week, Banner Banter Podcast, episode 73. Yeah, should be a doozy. Thanks so much for listening. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Marcus Smart, please just take five less shots a game. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.